Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. I am excited. I think this is, I don't number our podcast episode. This is, I believe it might be our 51st episode. And the reason why I'm very excited for this episode is we have three very, very huge movies to talk about. Actually, one of these movies is a, is a documentary, two hour and 20 minute documentary. This is, we're taping this on a Wednesday. We won't be even releasing this on a, until a Thursday night because we have a couple of embargoes on these, on these projects. So I'm really excited to talk about all three of them. We are joined. I'm Greg Srizvasti. Uh, my, if you, if you're not looking at the video, we like to rename our names on our video. By the way, I'll be using a lot more video for our podcast to promote our stuff and for you guys to see our wonderful faces out on the YouTube interwebs. I'm called Greg Srizavasti, the fathers. Yes, yes, there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that on the channel. The fa- I'm called the fathers a little blurry with a cherry on top. And we I my co-host is Bruce Perky. One of my my first co-host is Bruce Perky, the world's a little perky, P-U-R-K-E-Y. Is that, are you being sunny today, Bruce? Is it a sunny? Always sunny. It's always sunny in Perkydelphia. Yes. Always very sunny. You've had a sunny week as far as just watching a lot of great, great films, right? Yeah. Some long ones too. Some long ones. Yeah. I don't know why, but just long ones. Yeah. Did you ever, did you ever, did you see a movie recently where you, where the disorientation was a very immersive experience for you? A disorienting thriller. Did you find that to be very cool? Do you want to give that up? Uh Uh-oh, you're not? No? I'm not going to say. Are you not going to say? Bruce Perky is is, uh, tight-lipped regarding one of the films we're going to cover this week. We're going to get to it very shortly. Also joining us is Eric Holmes, Map of Tiny Perfect Eric's. Eric Holmes, what would, if there is a map of Tiny Perfect Eric's, what would it look like? You are an artist. How would you draw it? What would the lay audience say when they see that map of Tiny Perfect Eric's in their local art gallery? Well, it'd probably be a square or rectangle um, <laughs> with some squiggles in the middle of it, somewhere, <laughs> something like that. Would it, would it be as, as gorgeous or as interesting as a Ralph Bakshi drawing or painting? You think, what do you think about that? No. No, it would not be, would not be that, uh, that creative and that, uh, interesting to look at. It would just probably be a picture, a topographical picture of me going, <laughs> going, what the F right. <laughs> By the way, before we get to our three films, Eric Holmes, we're going to plug this one more time. We have two $20 gift cards from entertain Mart. Eric Holmes, can you briefly mention what the listener is going to get if he or she enters our giveaway? Yes, we got uh, two, count them, one, two gift cards from Entertain Mart. And uh, we got the gift cards. And if you win, you will get the gift card along with a a business card with the uh, Colorado Springs store information on it. And if you win that, you go to vintagestock.com, you know, just to see what they have in stock. Or maybe uh, if you have an idea, just call them, call them up with the uh, business card here, and uh, you use the uh, use the number gift card gift, gift card, card. Gift code gift card code the gift I, card I, code. I, yeah, you, you will uh, call them up with the gift card and then pay for the thing with the gift card that we send to you, and they will send you whatever movie, video game, comic book, whatever it is that they have in stock. Because Eric Holmes, he is a man who is very passionate about physical media, physical media being Blu-rays, DVDs. I am very passionate about it as well. There is Bruce Perky. Are you still passionate about physical Blu-rays and DVDs? Yes. 
Yeah. What, what got, was your yes? What was your recent purchase? Purchase. You're on the crucible right now. Come on, buddy. What's, what's yeah? Your... I got this. Going to talk about it tonight. Me and okay. Don't be so defensive. Me and <laughs> me There's and physical. Earl. Physical yeah, media phys- right there behind me. Look at that. Physical well, media. Look. Yes. Phys- okay. Me and me and Earl and the dying girl. That's Bruce Perky actually showed this on the camera. Bruce Perky, was it, this is not the first time you've ever seen this movie, right? What? It is. It is. Yes, it is. And Eric Holmes, have you ever seen me and Earl and the dying girl before? I have not. I have not. That seemed I like a am. movie I should run far away from. And then the more I hear about it, the more I seem, come to terms with uh, perhaps this is not a movie I should have ran far away from. I, 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 may, have to, that, I may have to sell it to you later today. So well, we'll go on to so it, it's that one and Perks of Being a Wallflower. I keep hearing great things about both of those and I've never yep. seen either one. They, they just didn't seem like my cup of tea. But the more I hear of both of them, I think uh, I, think I uh, misjudged them unfairly. So Eric Holmes, can we be I'll fair? Probably can, end up checking them out soon. Eric Holmes, to be fair, do you think the teen coming of age drama is sort of not in your wheelhouse as far as your own aesthetic viewing? Is that maybe why you decided not uh, to it, see either? Yeah, it, it can be. In fact, I'll be talking about one of them, sort of, <laughs> this week. So, uh, uh, yeah, the <laughs> oh. teen coming of age dramas, uh, like, I mean, I guess eh, Teen Wolf doesn't really count, but. <laughs> Bruce Perky, how many times do I name drop on a per episode? Have you kept a count on how many times I name drop with me interviewing celebrities? How, how often is that? 2.75 per episode is my personal estimate. Is that 2.75 too much? <laughs> should it be zero, I, Bruce? What should be the number, Eric Holmes? That's, that's fine. I, I think Bruce is a bit off. I believe it's 2.69 per episode. <laughs> 2.69. <laughs> Throwing out that weekly number, Eric Holmes. <laughs> you're, you're making sure we're just going to end up being a bro show, which I'm fine with. No, I'm kidding. We, we, love, we love everyone. Everyone, listen. By the way, I'm going to name drop before we get to top three. Bruce Parkey, I actually did the press junket for me, Earl and the Dying Girl. I interviewed all of them. And by the way, I was so – I'm very touched by that movie, and it's one of more – one of. I guess it's one of those movies that really, I would have to say, really impacted my life in many ways. One of the reasons why Eric Holmes, why you should see it, and we're going to get into this in a little bit, is it has has a really, really introduced me. I can't believe I'm saying this. It introduced me in my mid-40s to Brian Eno. And I've loved Brian Eno ever since watching me, Earl and the Dying Girl, me and Earl and the Dying Girl, Bruce Perky laughed because he realized how ignorant was I to not even listen to more Brian Eno before I was in my mid forties. Okay. That's neither here nor there. We're going to start off with our weekly reviews. We usually have one movie that we all review this week. It's going to be interesting because we have three movies that we're going to all jump on in, in one sense. And there's, there's going to be one that me and Eric we're going to do, and there's going to be another one with me and Bruce. We're going to talk about that in a second. All three of us have seen the Apple TV Plus documentary, Billy. How do you pronounce your name, Bruce? Bruce Perky. Billy Eilish, right? Yes, correct. Eilish, yes. Because the whole thing with the Lupino thing really gets me. Billy Eilish, the world's a little blurry. Okay, I this movie, this documentary is two hours and twenty minutes. It is directed by R.J. Cutler. It takes fans really deep into the life of Billie Eilish, her family, and her brother Phineas, I believe, who's also a musician. And it really shows how how she created her first album. You get a little bit of a look into the making of it via their home in Highland Park, Highland Park, California, by the way, 
beautiful neighborhood. I really love that neighborhood. Had no idea that she actually lived in Highland Park. And yeah, it's really an interesting documentary and pretty much a warts and all documentary. Here's the thing. Bruce Perky has been a passionate fan of Billy's music for what, last two, three years, maybe, or ever since that album came out, Bruce? I actually, let's see. So the, the way I put it is when I started getting into her, uh, everybody under 25 already knew she was. So <laughs> she was already huge in most crowds. I heard her song, well, Bad Guy, which of course blew up big, uh, was on the closing credits of Brightburn, that very short-lived horror uh, movie, superhero movie. And I remember right when I was walking out, I was like, that's a really strange little pop song at the end of that. That what is who is that? And I looked into it, and then I started watching all of her videos and started looking more and more into what she did. And I I fell in love with all of her stuff. And she blew up about three or four months later, like internationally, like everybody started talking about her. This movie starts probably about late 2018, while she's trying to finish up that album and goes through the entire year of 2019. So yeah, hey, Eric Holmes, how much did you know about Billie Eilish before? You started this documentary where you, after uh, watching this, were you more impressed with her artistry or who she was, all that stuff? All right. The only thing I knew about her going in was the song Bad Guy. And I think the song Uninvited. And I wasn't a particular fan of either one of those songs. Okay. And then I watched the documentary and uh, like she kept, you know, they, they keep cutting to uh, live performances. And I'm like, oh, this song's good. And they cut to another live performance. And I'm like, oh, I like this song. Then they play a bad guy. I'm like, skip it, skip it, skip it, skip it. And then they play another time. I'm like, oh, this one sounds really good. And then I started thinking of, uh, and I'm I'm sure Bruce can maybe attest to this. A lot of uh, famous, a lot of famous musicians, uh, they have their song. You know that they'll have like all these songs that are fantastic, but somehow the worst one is always the one that seems <laughs> to break out. And I, I think bad guy, bad. I just I hate that song. I cannot stand it. But like all all their I guess deep cuts or whatever, like all the rest of the songs that they played in the documentary. I'm like, I, I walked out of this thing a Billie Eilish fan for sure. <laughs> I was like, I love that song. And I was watching it with my niece who was supposed to be here today, but she's uh, gone with her uh, friend, so she can't. Uh, I'm sorry, you're just gonna have to uh, deal with uh, three middle-aged guys thoughts on what billy <laughs> eilish them. but i can tell you that uh she she thought the documentary was okay uh, of course she loved her music and like kind of seeing behind the scenes but i think she was just more interested in watching the uh live the uh live performances when they cut in from time to time but yeah i, I kind of wish may was here because she has much more of a take on billy eilish than i do but I walked in kind of hating the songs that I've heard and walked out quite a big fan of the ones that I haven't heard yet. Well, I've always, I, I don't, I haven't streamed her album as of yet. I don't know all her songs, but I did like what little I've heard from her the last couple of years. This documentary put me over the edge. I really appreciated how you really get to see her even just during the down parts where she's, she doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to do a meet and greet. It, it's shown here warts and all in the documentary and it's not a puff piece. It's not a talking head documentary where you have people being interviewed, talking about how much of a genius Billy is. I really appreciated that. I also love the sort of fly in the wall, unadorned, unadorned approach to this documentary. It's a, it's a day in the life, but not a 100 minute day in the life. It's really a look into her life. You feel like 
time passes in this two hour and 20 minute documentary. So I really high marks for Billie Eilish. The world's a little blur- blurry for me. And, you know, maybe because I'm turning 50 or I'm not a parent like you are, Bruce. I- I'm I'm a nanny to my niece, but I really appreciated her parents in this movie. How awesome her mother is just as far as looking out for her and her father talk. Her father has a great insightful speech about the inevitable pull of life and how you have to sort of play a charade with it, you know, it just mm-hmm. to move on, just to survive. There are some really, as much as this is a gravitational pull to watch, if you're a fan of her or you want to learn more about Billie Eilish, the family is very interesting to me, uh, how they're, how they're structured, how they live in that home and that, that well of creativity. I, I just thought I was really high on this documentary overall. Bruce, since you're, out of all three of us, you know the most about it. You know most about this world. What were your final thoughts on this documentary? I really liked it as well. I think that, I mean, I think that people who are fans and they're way, way hardcore fans than me, obviously. And you saw them in this movie. Um, I mean, there's, you know, 10,000 people crying in the audience when, you know, singing along to her songs. So, and you see that. I think this would be essential for them. And for uh, in, in between fans, I think they're going to get a ton of value out of this. And I think that people who are open-minded to it, who don't know much about her, could also kind of like you guys are saying, gain appreciation. On top of that, I think there's some interesting thing about this. And that is, to me, part of her thing is she's really the first do-it-yourself artist to become a megastar, to come this big, like out, literally out of her own bedroom. You know, Sure, she has Interscope Records helping fund it, but they show it she's writing it, you know, with her brother and producing it with her brother in their bedroom, in their house. And for me, so for people who are fans, I think this is also going to be a super interesting documentary because what it's going to show you is this is like, if you got to see Kurt Cobain planning out the video for smells like teen spirit before it happens, and then you get to watch it happen. And then you get to see the aftermath of that. And you guys aren't both familiar, but there's that one video she's talking with her mother about how she wants to shoot this video with the stuff dripping out of her eyes and all that. And I'm watching that as a fan who already knows that video. And I'm just, my mind is blown because I'm seeing where that came from. So for the people who know all that, they're going to be like, holy shit, there's her and her mom in the backyard talking about this video. And I was, I sent it to you guys. And I said, note, it has been viewed nearly 800,000, million times, Eight. Hundred million views. She, uh, they just released a live uh, recording video of Ilomalo from this movie two days ago, and it's got multi-million views. I mean, that's the world that she's living in. And the last thing I would say about this, this I think is going to become more and more interesting with time because, like Kurt Cobain or pick your person who went became basically a cultural touchstone. Amy Winehouse. Yeah, pick your pick your person. And it's really instructive that she has this big thing for Justin Bieber too, you know, right? Because she could go either way, you know, hopefully you watch this and you're hoping like her parents that she's grounded enough and that she'll have enough protection that she'll come out the other end of this when it's faded away and she's just making her own art and not making, you know, 800 million views. Hopefully she'll come out the other end of it and be a, a complete person. But unfortunately, this kind of world that she's in now is really scary. And 
10 years from now, we're going to watch this documentary. We're going to know the result. She might be someone who's still successful 10 years from now, and she might be a broken person. I hope she's not a broken person. So I think it's a very value-added documentary. Yeah. I just hope she doesn't end up being a person who she's just very, she'll say what's on her mind. And I love that. And that's very rare in life period. So I love sort of her. She'll just say things. I'm looking a couple, I picked up a couple of quotes when she was talking about the cars that her family were driving and her big dream was a matte black Dodge Challenger. She said, quote, this was before she got the Challenger. She said, I'm just drowning in losers, jokingly (laughs) about the the horrible cars that they were driving. And yeah, the the fact that now as, as we speak, she has Grammys for Best New Artist, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Record of the Year, Best Pop Vocal Album. They were talking in the documentary how her father was impressed that she had a million Instagram followers. She has 76.4 to date on Instagram. It's intense. Obviously, so many people will be watching Billie Eilish's The World's a little blurry. I just thought it was really cool that it really felt like, again, like a fly in the wall documentary. They didn't put sugar or too much flour when it it wasn't needed. They just made it as is. And I thought it was really well done. It's opening in in, uh, California, in New York, in select theaters. But for most people, it will be premiering globally on Apple TV Plus on February 26th. And it's releasing in theaters via Neon. So any final words, Eric, on on this doc? Uh, First of all, I do want to uh, double up on her parents. Her... Like normally people in Billie Eilish's position have parents that are not good people. (laughs) Uh, Typically they put, and granted the parents push her, but they usually push her when Billie Eilish is like, I don't want to play this show. And they're like, yeah, that's great. That's something you should have said a week ago, but we're here now. So you got to play the show. But if you don't want to play next week that we, we can talk about that. But so it, it, they kind of push her, but they push her to accept responsibility when she has responsibility and, but they don't push her to the, to the extent that, Oh, you're our cash cow. You have to go on to the next thing. I didn't really get that sense from them. They seem like, they seem like good people, which is kind of rare in this kind of story. And uh, yeah, uh, Billy. And also to uh, Bruce's uh, Kurt Cobain kind of comparison. She kind of has, she kind of has tinges of that, which is strange that she loved Justin Bieber so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought about that. That was the interesting thing in this too, right? And I know we're going to end this, but if you think about it, because Justin Bieber was the first person to like blow up being discovered on YouTube, like blow up really big because yeah. he was discovered by Usher, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So I Usher, think yeah. that's part of it, but also part of it is it, and you see this throughout too, she's a young person. She still is a fan herself. And they even use that to show how intelligently she understand like, wow, the way I'm feeling right now. And it's really true emotion. It's like, I never thought I'd feel emotional about something with Justin Bieber in it. But when she gets to meet him, it's pretty, pretty awesome. You know? So, so yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I'm just happy to see that it, and granted, we don't know, but based on this documentary, it seems like she has a good family and support system so i hope that you know she's able to continue continue making music if she wants to uh, her brother definitely seems to want to and he's kind of undersung because it could be wrong but it seems like he's the uh driving force behind a lot of the music or and, he's the, did i completely does, misread that 
he's co-writer on most of them and he's producer on pretty much everything producer and engineer and he won yeah. a grammy he won a grammy for that too and that's probably the only person that's ever won a grammy for something they produced on a laptop in yeah. their house <laughs> you know yeah. uh, i mean well wait wait uh boston did that well i don't know if they won a grammy and granted grammys are like mr bungle never won a yeah, grammy yeah, that's so. true yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's what they mean for sure but, uh uh, you might be right. Yeah, Boston might have done that. Yeah, that's that could be one. Boston, and and look for any fans of Boston, you watch this uh, Billie Eilish documentary, and I've only read stories of how Boston did their did their album. I think they're really similar to how they kind of kind of. Although when Boston did it, they you know they didn't have the technology we do today. But yeah, uh, Billie Eilish, I I went in you know kind of you know <laughs> could take her or leave her and came out a fan. And especially a fan of her parents. And if uh, you listening are a parent of a super famous person, take a take a page out of Billie Eilish's parents' book, and you know, kind of support support your kids like that. If they want to do it, let them do it. If they don't want to do it, don't let them do it. At the same time, if <laughs> don't let them back out of a show as they're driving to the show. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, they they seem to have a good head on their shoulders, and she seems to have a good support system, and uh, more power to her. And I'm glad I heard some uh, deeper cuts because I'm a fan now. Yeah, you know, I, I'm so old. I I lived in downtown LA from 2003 to 2012. So when they mentioned Highland Park, California, I used to actually hang out at the bars and the coffee shops over there. And and she was talking about growing up there, and I'm thinking, man, my heyday there was when she was only a child. It just blows me away. And to give further context on Highland Park, that was actually a really interesting area for her to grow up in because Highland Park has a really great diverse, it's really diverse there. A lot of, a lot of different uh, ethnicities there and just really great, a really great artistic community in Highland Park. So maybe that, you know, that environment really fed her as well as an artist. So that is out February 26th via Apple TV Plus. Before we get to the film that Bruce and I will be reviewing Eric and I have a movie that we're going to talk about very quickly. It is also on Apple TV+. Plus. This time out, though, this movie comes out February 26th in select theaters. It's called Cherry. And then it comes out globally on Apple TV+. Plus On March 12th, Tom Holland stars in Cherry. And he is reunited with the Russo brothers, Anthony Russo and Joe Russo. They of Marvel fame. So this is not a Marvel movie. This is the Russo brothers stepping outside for a second and actually making a movie about a young man from Ohio played by Tom Holland. And it's based on a true story. Okay. Some of the events are obviously, I'm not going to say sensationalized. It's not completely, it's an expressionistic look at this man's life, this young man's life. He, he's a little bit, again, disenfranchised. He decides to join the army due to a certain situation. And then ultimately he becomes a bank robber. I am not spoiling stuff because this is all in the trailer. So that's the whole premise. It looks into this young man's life. Yeah. What did you think of this, Eric Holmes? What did you think this this movie, which by the way, is two hours and 20 minutes. Did you feel this, this movie was worth your time? Was it interesting for you? Two hours and 20 minutes is a bit long for this movie, but it's still, uh, it's still enjoyable. I think the Russo brothers, I didn't check. I didn't check all the uh, credits. Did they think uh, Shane Black in this movie at all? Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> because they, they, they owe a little more 
um, a tip of a hat to Shane Black. Mm. This movie, especially early on, it kind of it kind of dips away from that towards the second half of the movie. Towards the second half of the movie, it goes less Shane Black and more Dead Presidents. You know, this is a movie you've seen before. It's a uh, someone joins the army, goes in the army, sees some shit, comes back, gets involved in drugs, and then gets involved in crime. That's pretty much this what, what this movie is, and it's it's a very entertaining version of this. I don't. I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of curious why the Russo brothers wanted to do this because I, I I get I get the idea that um they did the the Marvel movies, the Avengers, and uh and now hey we we got a little bit of clout. We want to do something. We've we've talked about this in previous episodes where. You know, someone gets stuck in the in the uh, Marvel machine, and then they never get to do one for themselves. And so this seems like a Russo brothers wanting to do one for themselves, a story they wanted to tell. I'm not quite sure why this was the story they wanted to tell, because this is kind of something that's been told before. That being said, this is still a very good version of that kind of that kind of uh, story. But at the same time, I kept watching, going really want to put in dead presidents right now <laughs> would you recommend and, it to someone say hey i i really want to see chariots on it's on apple tv oh Plus. yeah 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 absolutely okay. the, the, the movie's absolutely entertaining and at some points not but not entertaining in the way that was meant by the filmmakers if that makes sense because it gets it gets really dark during the second half yeah it's definitely worth watching it, it's just one of those things it's it's a movie you've seen before but it's a good, I, I, I would say it's a good version of that movie you've seen before. Okay, cool. And and Tom Holland in this is pretty freaking fantastic. Okay, very cool. That is your take on Cherry. Bruce, you haven't gotten to Cherry yet. You've seen a little bit of it. I guess you can't really do a full review, but you'll probably do a review, a rewind next week on Cherry, probably. And so far, so okay. So far, so, or no comment. You can't really give it so a- So far, I'm I'm- I will keep watching it. Let's just say that. You okay? There's some things that leave the first hour that annoy the hell out of me. I'll tell tell you that much. Okay. I'll tell you why that the Russo brothers directed this movie. I have a, I was expecting to really not like Cherry at all. Surprise. I'm telling you, I absolutely fell in love with Cherry. I love it. I, I was expecting to hate it. And this is why it took me forever to actually watch this until the midnight hour to watch this. I thought I was like, Eric, Eric, you, you would give this a recommendation. You're saying it's entertaining. I thought, I actually thought it went above the entertainment level and it reached another level for me because a, I love their stylized take on this young man's life. It, and it's really, this movie ultimately is several movies rolled into one. It's a relationship drama. It is, a war film. It is bank robbing film. It's a drug addiction film. And it's a person coming to terms with their own demons type of movie has a lot of different elements to it. I also, without giving too much away, it doesn't the climax, the final act, which you could have gone a very predictable path with. And I don't want to really mention how it, it, it does something cinematically and Eric, I, I know you You want, we can't say this. <laughs> Maybe if we have, actually did a spoiler, it, they do something within the last, I would say 10 to 15 minutes of the movie. Maybe even just even 10 minutes of the movie that I thought was just a masterstroke. Really? Yeah. 
I, I, I was, I was, oh, also there's this I'm, girl. I, I, I'm really curious of what you're talking about. I think I have an idea, but I'm yeah. really curious of what you're talking about. And I'm also really curious if, if I agree with you. Oh, very cool. Okay. So Emily is the love of Cherry's life. Cherry is the, the name of Tom Holland's character. Emily is his love. She's played by Sierra Bravo, C-I-A-R-A, Bravo. I, Bruce, do you know who that is? Have you ever seen Sierra Bravo in anything that you know of? I feel Sierra? like I did, but I don't Sierra? know. No. I, I hope that's the way to, to pronounce your name. In my life, I've seen probably several performances where, where I said to myself, man, I really want to see more from this actress. First time was, I think I saw Tuesday Weld in a film with Bob Hope years ago when I was a kid. I think the movie was I'll Take Sweden. And from then on, I went to see Pretty Poison. I realized she was in Once Upon a Time in America. And then she starred James Conn in Thief. First time I saw Tuesday Weld, I thought, what an amazing actress. I've got to see more from her. The other time this happened with me is when the first time I saw Amy Adams, I believe, in Junebug. The third time this has happened to me is, I'm probably butchering her name, Sierra Bravo as Emily. She delivers an amazing performance in this film. Amazing, amazing. We were introduced to her and she's very sort of a quick, her lines are really well written, very quick witted. And then, and then you get to see how her relation, how her relationship with Cherry affects her own life. I just thought she does. She does a fantastic job. Once this movie starts getting its reviews, whether it's negative or positive, there's Bravo's name, Sarah Bravo's name will be pretty, it's going to be highly praised within the next week or so. And I think this is going to be, do you, do you feel that way, Eric, regarding her performance or? Yeah. 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 Her and uh, Tom Holland, they, they got a good chemistry together and she's fantastic and he's fantastic. And actually uh, this is another scene and it's not going to make any sense to anyone who hasn't seen it, but when you get to that point, it will make sense. And Greg, you'll know exactly the part I'm talking about, but there's a part towards the end where he takes off a shoe is that yeah. that ring a bell to you? Yeah, yeah. That I I did love that scene. Oh, yeah. and and, that, and there's there's definitely flashes of brilliance in this. But again, this is this is a story we've seen before, and I don't know that it brings much to the table. But I do think it's you know I I, I think if they like like did an hour and a half version of this, or mm. even an hour forty five minute version of this, I think it would probably work a lot better. I granted this goes, you know, this is kind of takes up a large portion of his life. So it's got to feel epic, but that doesn't mean it needs to take a long time. I can't. Oh, what movie were we talking about? It wasn't that long, but it felt long, but it didn't feel long because it took forever. It felt long because you felt like the, uh, oh, I cannot remember now. <laughs> it's okay. There, no, I, I get what ter- you're saying. Terrible example. But I, I think, uh, there, I think there's a version of this movie where you kind of cut it down a bit. And uh, just really focus in on the, you know, really focus in on the character stuff and less on the uh, look how clever I am stuff. And they, they again, with this, like Shane Black knows how to do that. Aaron Sorkin, in a different sort of way, knows how to do that. And I think Russo brothers mimic it pretty well. Mm-hmm. But I think if they're going to tell the story, I don't know, maybe, I, shit, maybe that is the way to do it. Um, that that's the way to keep it uh, entertaining. I will say one thing for for damn sure, and I don't know how many people will agree with me. This is way better than Endgame. I hated Endgame with passion, but <laughs> but this game is like like head and shoulders above Endgame. So that's kind of where I was going into it. it was uh, I was not very 
high expectations to begin with, but yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge Russo brothers fan. I love, I'm like, you know, I'm a huge comic book. I love comic book movies. I just have a bias towards them. I thought Cherry was, you know, it, two hours and 20 minutes. Some people will feel that it doesn't feel like an Epic. It felt like an Epic to me. I mean, it had, it feels it's a well worth, it's a worthy Epic for me. I really high marks on Cherry. It will be so interesting, Bruce, to see how you, where you are in breaking the tie. I thought it was a really, I thought the stylized moments were amazing. I thought I really loved everything pretty much about this movie. By the way, Bruce, to, to actually convince you to continue to watch this movie, our buddy Jack Rayner from Midsommar and Sing Street, he pops up later in the film. And cool. he's just known as this character called Pills and Coke. <laughs> so that's his character's name, Pills and Coke. Me and Eric. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I'm I'm in the war section right now, and I'll I'll keep going. I do kind of wonder if she ever takes that ribbon off her neck, though. I, I could be happy if she does. <laughs> you could be <laughs> Eric. What you could say, Greg. I don't know if you picked up on yeah. this. I get it gets obvious in certain parts and less obvious early on. But the names of the banks. Oh yeah, of course. Did, did did you notice the names of the banks? Yes, I did notice the names of the, the banks. Just keep an eye out on those. That's probably one of my favorite parts. Are they like <laughs> Tony Thor? <laughs> no, they're like uh, they're like shitty bank or uh, a communist bank or I, I, I can't remember the name of all of them. But all the banks have a just ridiculous name. I think they kind of and I'd have to watch it again. I think they start off kind of subtle, but as the movie goes on, like I think at one point where they call it like a fuckhead bank or something, like it, it's just completely obvious that they're making fun of these bank names. <laughs> That's a huge spoiler, Eric. I'm kidding. Oh, so, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Okay, oh, it's so not. There are Easter eggs that you need to pay attention to. Pay attention, man. So that is Tom Holland. Oh, by the way, Tom Holland, very good. In the, in, like Eric said in this, in Cherry, I was talking so much about Sierra Bravo, but Tom Holland is very excellent in this. Bruce Perky's Judgment will be next week on Find Your Film. Again, <laughs> it premieres in select theaters February 26th and globally on Apple TV Plus on March 12th. Bruce Perky, he is a father to two industrious, wonderful boys. <laughs> he is also the father of this podcast. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's why, <laughs> that's why I was so excited to share this movie called The Father with Anthony oh, Hopkins. Okay. Date of birth? Friday, 31st of December, 1937. You're living with your daughter at the moment? Yes, until she goes to live in Paris. No, Dad, why do you keep going on about Paris? You told me. No, I didn't. I'm sorry, Anne, you told me the other day. Have you forgotten? She's forgotten. (laughs) Paris. They don't even speak English there. Dad, I'd like you to meet Laura. How do you do, sir? I say, you're gorgeous. Thank you. (laughs) I must say, he's charming. Yeah. Not always. Laura has come round to help you. I don't need her or anyone else. I can manage very well on my own. Everything all right? Who are you? Actually, it's me, Paul. Who? I live here. What is this nonsense? Anne? It's me. Ah, there she is. Your father seemed a bit confused. Something wrong? Where's Anne? Sorry? Anne, where is she? I'm here. What's the matter, Dad? Strange things going on around us. Don't worry. Everything will sort itself out. Saw it in his eyes, didn't know who I was. It was like I was a stranger to him. Just did something to me. I don't know what she's cooking up against me, but she's cooking something up. What are you talking about, Dad? I'm not leaving my flat! I am not leaving my flat! 
this really is my flat. Isn't it? You see, the situation is very simple. My daughter is of the opinion that I cannot manage on my own. I'm so sorry about this. Why? She understands perfectly. It's important. I explained it all to you. Why do you keep looking as if there's something wrong? Everything is fine. I think she tries to do the best she can for you, Anthony. Everything will be all right. I promise you. There's something funny going on. So I don't know, Bruce. You, you, uh, we've been. I've been yapping for so long. I all, all I can say about the about the father is that Anthony Hopkins plays this Londoner. He is very happy living in his beautiful condo or apartment overlooking the city. Really nice. The catch is though, he has dementia, and his daughter, played by Olivia Coleman. She is trying to help him as best as possible, but he is obstinate. He still wants to be the same old guy. He still wants to go about town doing his own things, but he has dementia. That is the premise of the father. Almost what you would think is it would be a two-hander between Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman, but ultimately the floor of the story opens up as the 97-minute film progresses, is directed by Florian Zeller. And Florian Zeller, it's based on Florian's play. And the screenplay is by Christopher Hampton. By the way, it also stars one of my favorite actors, Imogen Poots. We love Imogen Poots. Bruce Perky, I was touting this movie. Oh, horrible. Bruce Perky is the father. And I don't read Dostoevsky, but I would consider myself the idiot because Eric Holmes would have seen the father. But I, I said, I sent to the really wonderful folks at Sony Pictures Classic that his email is hamsline at gmail.com. Listeners, if you want to contact Eric Holmes for those gift cards or anything or tell him what a great job he's doing, do not email hamsline at gmail.com. Email hamslime at gmail.com. So the reason why he's not doing the father is because this idiot over here forgot and misspelled his name. Apologies, Eric Holmes. No apologies to you, Bruce Perky. I'm expecting you to highly <laughs> praise this movie. Was I, was I, did, did I, did I uh, tout this movie up too much to you? No, I don't think so. Um, Anthony Hopkins. Oh my God. His performance in this movie. I mean, we all know he's a great actor, but this might be the best performance he's ever given. I, I don't know really? if I can think of a better one. It's fucking amazing. He is really good in this movie. He is, well, he has to hold it down. He's, you know, obviously the star, but I mean, Olivia Coleman's great too. We love her. And Imogen, we love Imogen. So this is a really tough movie to talk about because we can't say too much, right? Greg? Well, I think the only thing I can say, and I don't know, Eric, if you were actually nervous. Well, I, I don't even know. I don't. Even, I can't even look at you right now because I, I actually, this is the second time listeners have screwed up and, and actually told people to email Eric Holmes at hamsline at gmail.com. I know that's going to come to bite me down the road. This is going to be, yeah, this is going to really, happen. You're, you're a kind soul. No, I think the only thing we can say, Bruce, regarding the father is, well, Eric, would you, if you said, if someone said, hey, you know, Anthony Hopkins stars in this movie about dementia, would you be turned off? Would you, because I think a lot of people would say no to something like this. 
I stopped listening after Anthony Hopkins, Olivia Coleman, and Imogen Poots. Imogen that Poots, sold yeah. me right away. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, Imogen yeah. Poots sold me immediately, and then you said Anthony Hopkins' best performance in, in Olivia Coleman. So I'm I'm just kind of trying to tune everything out so I don't yeah. get anything spoiled because uh, oh, okay. I'm, I, I, I'm already sold. So, But yes, go ahead. <laughs> I think that one thing that we can say, Bruce, is one of the things that would – if I could sell The Father for one second, it's – not just a movie about dementia because yeah. they realize that if they just did some kind of PSA or a straight drama about it, you're not, you're going to turn off a lot of people that yeah. said, Anthony Hopkins is and Olivia Coleman. They're huge enough draws to actually make up the difference. But I think what tips it over is the fact that a lot of this movie, and we're not going to spoil this for you, Eric Holmes is about the viewer has to understand it's trying to understand. He puts earplugs on, folks. Eric Holmes, he doesn't trust me or Bruce. That is a breach of trust right there, Eric Holmes. But I think what happens, Bruce, is the fact that we as the viewer have to also discern what is real or not. Do you think yeah. that's a selling point for you? Watching yeah, I, I guess another thing I would say, you can say it's kind of a puzzle box of a movie. I yeah. guess that's one way mm-hmm. you could put it. There is a much more, there's kind of a mysterious element to this movie that's very hard to describe without setting some things in motion that will let people know what's happening. I, I would say if I had any slight complaint to this movie is that there's a certain sort of a pattern that's set up that continues. And I and it had some variation. It had some very important variation towards the end. I wish it had progressed in a little more in the middle it's a very minor kind of a you know quibble because really the driving force is is the mechanic of what's happening and anthony hopkins and once again i can't overstate it's hard to say because everyone knows he's a great actor and you've seen him in great roles but he does some things in this movie that are so subtle in the way he reads lines in has to be confused but then also sometimes he's bold and then sometimes he's an asshole and then sometimes he's funny and then sometimes he's just your heart just feels so strongly for him it's a freaking monumental performance by him so glad um, you love this movie so glad you yeah loved it. yeah and it also stars olivia williams she's credited as mm-hmm. the woman you know i'm sure you've seen olivia the sinners you've seen olivia williams in a bunch of films i'm trying to think of wasn't she in rushmore anyways yeah so yes, Oli- yes, yes. yeah we love olivia williams and again the aforementioned imogen poots also starts rufus sewell i'm trying to think wasn't he in dark city anyways yes uh, yes okay so <laughs> you're right about all yeah. those things yeah and mark gaddis okay so that's the cast they're and they're all good in this movie they're all very yeah. good but to see this movie is to see sort of a tour de force performance by anthony hopkins it and when is. i'm yeah and without giving too much away eric holmes i hope you still have those earplugs because i'm going to talk about the third act <laughs> The final moments without giving zero away is something is really, I, I think it'll stay with you. It definitely, yeah, it will yeah. really. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it is one of those things where you're talking about performances. I, I was trying to rebut you regarding best Anthony Hopkins performances, but right now there's nothing I can say, Bruce, to actually come up with and say checkmate and say, I've seen a better Anthony Hopkins performance at all. I think that what surprised me about, okay. I mean, I would, there's one thing I could say my favorite performance. I mean, what probably Hannibal Lecter in silence of the lambs or, you know, one of those 
iconic performances he's given. But this has so many levels and so many different things he has to do and so many levels of subtlety. I was reading afterwards that the the playwright, and I, I wasn't quite sure if he renamed his character Anthony because he basically said, I want this to be Anthony Hopkins. He's the one I want to be starring in this role. I, and he was amazed when he actually got Anthony Hopkins, but he wrote it with Anthony Hopkins in mind. And um, it's something. It's, 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 you know how we were talking the other day, we were talking about watching um, George C. Scott and Lemon acting together. And they're almost at the end of their lives. And I'm not saying that Anthony Hopkins is at the end of his life, but he's definitely showing his age. You know, he's, I don't know how old he is now, 80 probably late seventies. Yeah. I'm thinking 80. Yeah. I've yeah. interviewed him a couple of times. How many times is it? Second time I name dropped. That, yeah, second, yeah, you got 0.75 or 0.69 to go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very, yeah. Go ahead. Bruce, but I mean, he's, he is on the fucking top of his game and you, I think so many actors and of, you know, male and female actors and whatever, get to that age and they're kind of put into side roles or, you know, the grandpa role or whatever. He's playing a age appropriate role, but he is, he's firing on all acting cylinders here. So much. Okay. So that is, yeah, he's firing on all acting cylinders. I'm going to make my third name drop right now before we get to your first movie recommendation by Eric Holmes. I apologize. Just, just, just do the first and last initial and then that'll count as 0.69. <laughs> okay. Here we go with the numbers. Okay, I'm going to read this. Please humor me on this. I asked this question to Anthony Hopkins back, I think, during the interviews for, I believe, The Remains of the Day. So I I interviewed him for that, and I asked him about, hey, Anthony Hopkins, Mr. Hopkins, I I read this thing about a situation that happened on the set of or while you were shooting this movie called The Girl from Petrovka. Did that thing absolutely happen? I wish I had the cassette tape. He just briefly said, looked at me and said, yes, that what you heard there actually did happen. So take a listen. I'm going to read two paragraphs right now for you guys to listen to. Okay. In summer 1972, Anthony Hopkins was chosen to play a leading role in a film based on George Pfeiffer's book, The Girl from Petrovka. Not having the book himself, he went to London to buy a copy, but none of the bookstores had one. On his journey home, However, waiting for an underground train at Leicester Square Station, he saw a discarded book lying on the seat next to him. It was the girl from Petrovka. That's very fortunate. However, the story gets weirder. Hopkins later had a chance to meet Pfeiffer, the author of the book, and told him about finding the book. Pfeiffer mentioned that in November 1971, he had lent a friend a copy of the book, one in which Pfeiffer had made notes pertaining to the publication of the, the American edition, but his friend lost the book in Bayswater, London. A check of the annotations in the copy Hopkins found showed that it was the very same one Pfeiffer's friend had lost. So basically Hopkins found inadvertently found the book that Pfeiffer had lost all that time. So that was a very synchronistic moment wow. regarding Anthony Hopkins. That's a that's a true story regarding the girl from Petrovka. Little value added information. I wish I still had that sound. I could put it right in for our podcast. Speaking of our podcast, Eric Holmes, what what is your first recommendation regarding uh, this year pod? Well, uh, my first one, it says, according to IMDb, it's 2012, but I mean, we're, we're living in a, in a year where uh, 
the 2020 movies will probably still be rolling out until June. So who knows when this movie came out? <laughs> but uh, this was directed by David Guy Levy and written by Stefan Schlottenhaufen, I believe. Nailed it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this uh, starring Brittany Snow, Jeffrey Combs. Uh, it's the guy from uh, what? What? What's the guy from Trailer Park Boys? Rob Wells. This is basically so. Brittany Snow, her brother has some ailment, and she needs money to uh, help him out. And she comes across this rich guy, and it's like, yes, yes, I will, I will pay for. Her. I think it's like a kidney transplant or something like that. And uh, I, I will pay for all that. I just got to play a game. She's like, okay, whatever. And of course, if you got a independently wealthy person saying, I will give you everything you ask for, all you need to do is play a game. Pretty sure he's not talking about Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she goes and it's her and like about eight or 10 other people. And they're sitting around a door or they're sitting around a table. And the guy kind of uh, explains the game to him. It's like, all right, so it's a game of would you rather, and would you rather, would you rather I punch you in the face, or would you rather kiss her? Well, I don't want to get punched in the face, so yeah, okay, I'll kiss her. Okay, do that, and that's how the game is played. Okay, seems easy enough. All right, well, this last chance. If you want to, uh, if you want to leave, you're free to leave right now. But once we start the game, the game's going on. It's another red flag. If an independently wealthy person says you can leave at any time or you you can leave right now, otherwise you're staying. We've all seen Saw. We've all seen Hostel. That's your red flag to fucking leave. I don't care how much (laughs) you need the money. You know that nothing good is going to happen. And this movie is exactly kind of like that. Of course, nobody leaves. They stick around and they play increasingly worse versions of would you rather starts off with uh you know you're gonna shock you or you want to shock her well i'll shock myself they shock them and then they go around the table and do that that's not good enough okay you gotta stab him in the leg or whip him in the back with this with this cane well it seems like whipping him in the back with the cane's gonna do less damage than stabbing so we'll do it and and it just keeps escalating from there it's uh have you guys seen the movie the circle i, I believe it's on netflix no. Where it's got a bunch of people. Uh, the, well, shit, that's it. That's another good one. Kind of like this. With just a bunch of people in a room. Cube, I guess it, it, this kind of can sort of be uh, a little compared to something like Cube. Where it's just a really contained uh, thriller of people in a situation they probably wouldn't rather be in. And then they got to see if they can get out of it. And the ending to this is going to make people feel a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say about the ending is i love it okay you loved it i, lo- I loved it not everyone's gonna agree with me <laughs> so, uh this this movie it, it's been on for a while i mean it came out in 2012 so it's like almost nine years old but uh you know if you like movies like the cube or saw or the circle or you know stuff kind of like that with people contained and they kind of have to figure their way out of a trap i I guess what would this be like a trap movie or something similar to that but yeah this is uh kind of clever definitely uh definitely harrowing at times especially when the uh the game gets progressively worse for the uh, characters and then that ending (laughs) that ending is something else would you rather would you rather recommend this movie or would you rather not 
Oh, okay. I, I, I would rather recommend this movie. Just know that if if you're kind of squeamish on movies like Saw or uh, Cube, probably not. But if you did like those type of movies and you can kind of get on that sort of wavelength, I would definitely give this one a shot. Not perfect, but definitely worth definitely worth a. And what what was it like? Ninety three minutes, you know, in and out. You know, it knows what it is. It does its thing. You know, freaks you out, and then gets the gets the stepping, as they say. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, this this was fun. I'm glad I seen it, and might even watch it again. Who knows? Wow, that is David Guy Levy, uh, who directed it. Like you said, Eric Holmes. Yep. I. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm breaking my record record book. This is the third name drop of the episode. I did not interview David Guy Levy, but back in 2019, he released a movie called The Mandela Effect. I was able to interview Robin Lord Taylor and Aleska Palladino, Eric Holmes. Have you seen The Mandela Effect or Bruce Berkey? Either of you? No, I haven't. Was it, was it worthwhile? Or I think worthwhile. I, 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 after watching this, I kind of do want to watch it, but I, yeah, I, I, had, I, have, I have not seen it. Okay. David Guy Levy, this is your this is your chance, Eric Holmes. You this would you rather after this go check out the Mandela effect and tell us what you think. Would you rather? And that was so <laughs> presumptuous of me to actually assign you homework. I apologize, Eric Holmes, because I, I just keep on messing up your email. It's currently streaming <laughs> on AMC Subs, DirecTV, and Netflix. Eric Holmes, of course, rented it on YouTube. I, I just took off the. I think this might be on. Uh... I believe this might be on uh, Amazon, but yeah, I'm pretty sure I did find it on YouTube. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> it, it was either YouTube. It was either YouTube or Amazon. I I can't remember which one. You are a covert operative for YouTube. I <laughs> I, I just know it. I by the way, before we get Bruce to your comment uh, to your recommendation is again, I I apologize. The Father. It's in theaters February 26 in LA and New York. Most of you will see it. Some of you will see it March 12th when it expands nationwide, but many of you will check it out. When it hits premium video on demand, March 26th, Bruce Perky, I am so excited. What is your recommendation this week? The aforementioned me, Earl, and the dying girl, of course, from 2015, directed by Alfonso Gomez Rejon, starring as Earl, uh, RJ Seiler, I believe, or Kyler, I think it's Seiler. Greg is which is the me, I guess, uh, Thomas Mann. And then Rachel is Olivia Cook, a very young Olivia Cook that we saw recently in Sound of Metal, doing a very awesome job as the dying girl. Also co-starring Connie Britton, Nick Offerman, Molly Shannon, and a bunch of good people. So first off, you bought, the, you bought the physical media, which you don't do every single week like Eric and I do a lot. So why did you A, buy the Blu-ray and what made you after five years decide to just go for it just on a blind on a blind thing? I actually just went out to the version of Entertain Mark that we have here, which is Second and Charles. And I said, I'm just going to I'm going to go through. And if I find something that I've been meaning to see forever and it's there used, I'll just pick it up. So I got this and three other movies and I'm just slowly working my way through them. Cool. This is one of those ones I've heard talked about forever. So to sell it to Eric. <laughs> so we said, come you already age. did. Yeah. You already did. You said Nick Offerman sold. Yeah. So basic concept is Greg, the me of the me, Earl and dying girl. He is essentially in his senior year of high school and it starts out and there's not a lot of voiceover in this, just a little bit, but it starts out and he kind of introduces like, you know, high school life and um, his basic, his basic 
a method is he wants to just kind of be able to coast through and not make any enemies or any friends or be any part of any group. He just wants to be kind of the kid that kind of is okay with every group and no one bothers him and he just coasts through and makes it through to college. The only thing he has that's close to a good friend is Earl. And he and Earl, since they were little kids, have been making their own crappy, admittedly crappy remakes of famous movies. And they've been steadily fed a diet of of art house movies from their dad. So there are a billion awesome, funny, weird little snippets of parodies of movies they make. And I don't even want to reveal them all too. They're, they're great. But I, I think I posted on Facebook as I was watching this, like 20 minutes into this movie, there's already been two or three Herzog references. And I was so in at that point. And uh, it's, if, if you like quality coming of age, teen comedy dramas, this is right up there. High on the list, smart, funny, heartfelt, but if you're a movie fan, it's just extra levels of value added because there's so much smart movie love in this that you gotta, you, you gotta watch it. And I'm watching it and stopping and going like, what, what are they watching? Well, this is the other thing, like him and Earl at their lunch breaks, they like to go and hang out with the, the cool teacher. So they can sit in the cool teacher's office and uh, just watch their weird movies, you know? And at one point they're watching uh, I think it was Martin Scorsese giving his introduction to Tales of Hoffman. And I'm like, oh, crap, that's another Pressburger one, isn't it? I haven't seen Tales of Hoffman. Wait, <laughs> what's Tales of Hoffman? <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those kind of movies, too, where it'll just spark you as they're making their version of Breathless or whatever it is. You'll just it'll just it tickles your mind it, and it will touch your heart. And it's just it's just almost a perfect movie. I think it's it's really, really good couple of things favorite fathers of all time on cinema has to be the father first of all from pg pg for short pg psycho gorman <laughs> another nomination goes to nick offerman like you're saying Bruce Berkey. <laughs> he's so good only known in this on imdb lists him as greg's dad he is amazing in this movie offerman and also that you mentioned the teacher they hang out with that is the punisher aka john bernthal bernthal or The Walking Dead, of course, if you know him from that. that. Yeah, he's so good. Yes, John, as Mr. McCarthy, delivers one of the, in my opinion, one of my favorite monologues ever in cinema regarding fathers and sons, which I thought was very moving. And I had no idea that it would come from the mouth of John Berthold. So that was another value-added thing. And I, this is as close to as much of a perfect movie as possible, Olivia Cook absolutely oh, God. In this movie she yeah. is fantastic so i don't know i haven't oh, seen the oh bruce i didn't even mention the basic concept is i didn't even mention that like she it, he is forced to go spend time with her because the parents find out she's dying they go you need to go over there and spend time with her because this girl's dying and he barely knows her he doesn't want to hang out with her so it's reluctant at far at start so that's another good aspect of it so you know i i hate to i hate to punch down on a lot of films but I wish more more movies, coming of age teen movies, were as special as Me and Earl and The Dying Girl. It is a shame. It's it's hard to make movies like this. And I don't know. I haven't seen The Current War yet. So I don't know. Have you guys yeah. seen? Uh, nah? No? Mm. Uh, no. Okay. So uh, it's not as special as this. The only movie I've seen recently that kind of comes close, it's not up to this level at all. But that newest movie, um, that new movie, Spontaneous. Mm, right. 
hits a few of the notes and is worth watching. It's a lot of fun. So okay, so that is Bruce. I'm sure it's. Uh, I'm sure me and Earl and the Dying Girl is streaming on your on various platforms, but rental only. Rental only. My goodness, that is a crime Gotta against buy the damn thing. <laughs> that is a crime against humanity, folks. This is, this should be streaming. You mentioned spontaneous. I believe one of the actors in Spontaneous was Catherine Newton. Bruce Perky, Catherine Newton stars in this movie called No. I was wrong. That's Catherine Langford in Spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Catherine Newton stars in this movie called The Map of Tiny Perfect Eric's. Nope. The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Eric Holmes, is that your next recommendation? I don't know. Is it? Uh, I was going to go <laughs> with the sorry. vigil, but. Uh, <laughs> Can you, you, why don't you. Hold, not, on. hold on. Let me go back. You know, I saw this movie. It was called uh, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Um, but uh, real, real quick with your uh, me or only dying girl, um, granted, you know, if it's only available for rent, I might have to go to Entertainment here in Colorado <laughs> Springs and uh, pick up a, a DVD of it and, uh, you know, eventually just rent it on YouTube after I get the disc home. <laughs> or shock test, Eric Holmes. What was the last DVD or Blu-ray you purchased from Entertainment? Uh, probably Hopscotch and uh, what, what's the other one? Wow. Perfect plug. Eric Holmes just plugged Hopscotch once again. Yes. And Red and Red Rock West. I haven't watched that one yet. Ooh. Oh, Red Rock West starting, <laughs> I believe, headlined by JT Walsh. Yeah. Isn't Nick Cage in it too? <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Yes, but headline. <laughs> I like to say headlined by JT Walsh because he was the man dropping name dropper number five. I interviewed him for Red Rock West. I am an old, old man. By the way, Hopscotch and the Poseidon Adventure. I can't believe we're doing this. The Poseidon Adventure, yes, and Hopscotch will be the, our next films for our next director spotlight for next week. It is Ronald Neem. No one has heard of him. It'll be interesting to, to spotlight and look into this interesting director's life. Neem, N-E-A-M-E, Hopscotch by starring Walter Matthau and I believe Glenna Jackson is supposedly a very interesting movie. It's currently out on Criterion Collection. That is where Eric Holmes, Eric Holmes purchased it at Entertain Mart. And Bruce Perky, by the way, has a copy of the Poseidon Adventure at his domicile and I have to find my DVD as well. So that'll be our next episode for Director Spotlight, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Eric Holmes, you really wanted to cover this this, uh, this time yes. out. Yes, what, what uh, stood out? regarding this um, movie well uh so first of all the movie the father that you guys spoke of earlier uh you guys mentioned all the people that were in it and described it and that really sold me on it you know what did not sell me on the father mm. the name the father that just sounds dry as fuck but and 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 i only bring that up to uh point out i knew nothing of the map of tiny perfect things i was on and this one i do remember i was on amazon just clicking through and I saw this movie I never heard of and said, The Map of Tiny Perfect Things. Oh, that's an interesting title. I will click on this and see what this is about. And I did just that. And so congratulations, title writers. You sold <laughs> you sold a rental on a movie. This one is a Groundhog's Day movie. And I think I mentioned to you guys off air, I have not seen Palm Springs. So... This movie did a lot of things with that Groundhog's Day thing, with that whole Groundhog's Day kind of story that I thought was interesting. Just know that if this happened in Palm Springs, I don't know because I haven't seen it yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't um, seen it either. 
but it's uh it it opens up with this uh guy he's uh what's his name kyle um, allen kyle, kyle allen plays a guy named mark and he's like uh you know in a uh breakfast setting with his dad and his sister and he's extremely confident like just grabbing things flipping things around and uh you know, keep in mind, I don't know that this is a Groundhog's Day type movie. They, Neither did I. Neither did I, by the way. So it's awesome. And so I'm just like, man, he's a he's really uh he's really clever and flipping things around and catching things and like yeah, like he's just he's just on it and he's able to like predict things. I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. And then he's like, you know, just it, it's just kind of following him around the around town and he's just real confident and everything. Point you know, pointing at a uh a sprinkler right as it comes on, you know, pointing at something else while something, you know, something else happens. It's like, what? I, I don't understand what's going on. And then at a certain point he goes back and he's waking up again. It's like, Oh, groundhog day movie. Got it. And uh, eventually he meets uh, this girl. Oh, so he's, uh, he's basically kind of perfected the way he goes through life as you would when you've done it a hundred thousand times in a row. And uh, there's this one girl, uh, Anna, yeah, Margaret played by Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton was also seen. Oh no, 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 not, not no, not her. The girl at the at the pool. So she's oh, about right, to fall. Right. Yeah. Uh, Phoebe. She's about to fall in the pool. And he catches her, and, the, and this is one of the things he does every day. And he's trying to get with her. And one day she's about to fall in a pool, and he uh, is going to grab her. But uh, now Catherine, as Margaret played by Catherine, Catherine Newton, Newton. Catherine Newton, Ka- Catherine Newton. She helps her, and then. Mark's like, that hasn't happened before. And then he comes to find out that those two are in the same kind of uh, Groundhog's Day scenario. Yeah, it, it just kind of goes on. It, it, this is would be a, uh, a what what you humans call it, a rom-com, I believe. <laughs> a romantic comedy. This movie's adorable. And I like the, uh, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know that it breaks any new ground as far as rom-coms go, other than the uh, Groundhog's Day setting. But it, it's really a real feel-good type movie. You, you know, know, I yeah, this is the kind of movie I'm I'm watching. Going, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like this. I kind of feel you know, it, it, it just made me happy watching it. Yeah, it's one of those movies. You look at the poster, you look at the name, and you're thinking, oh my gosh. Another YA film, young adult film. Oh, Groundhog Day in its YA version? Forget it. Not going to do it. I'm not a teenager. I'm not in my early 20s. I'm not in college. I'm not a senior in high school. But, Eric, like you did, you just stumbled upon it. Currently playing on Amazon Prime Video. I had to watch it because name drop number five. I had to interview the, the actors in it. I would, sorry, Bruce. I would not have, I, I, honestly, I would not have seen this movie if I didn't have to do the interviews. I was pleasantly surprised by how good this movie was. It actually goes above and beyond the Call of Duty. It could have been a Y18 film and just succeed on that just normal level. But I think, I don't know, Eric, if you agree with this, the the dramatic machinations, the the way they relate to each other and the story that unfolds, it's it's well done. I thought it was a really well done, well told story without, yeah. So. Yeah, and and there's a there's a uh, there's a point where they have an idea of where they can get out of this loop that they're in, and then uh, something happens to where they choose not to do that. And the reason why they choose not to do that is uh, that that's that's really good too. Yes. And you know, you can't really describe more of that, but the uh, the I guess lesson of that of letting things go that really kind of. 
that kind of hit hard with me a lot harder than movies like this tend to. But yeah, this is, uh, I, I believe, quite delightful <laughs> would, would be a good way to describe yeah. this. But yeah, the, to to your point, it does it does kind of hit below the well, not below the belt, but it kind of <laughs> gives you a, it kind of gives you a gut punch sometimes yes. when you're not when, when you're not expecting it. It's like, oh yeah, this this, this is a fun kilo. Oh shit, I didn't know that was coming. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I I think the title of this is is great because the map of tiny perfect things. It, it's it's a really poetic and nice sounding title, interesting sounding title, and then how it relates to the map which they introduce in the movie mm-hmm. and then what that map means sure. later on is uh this movie is a map to tiny perfect things Very, oh well you should be quoted movie quote wise <laughs> you know i know bruce perky in this world you're never going to see this movie but it's one of those these things i would put money down that if you actually ever did see the map of tiny perfect things streaming on amazon prime video we are not sponsored by the way i think you would still i think you'd like it i think you would actually yeah like it eric you think so uh, what do you think um you like yeah it? i yeah I, I i can't imagine anyone hating this movie Th- this is not a movie that you would watch unless you just completely hate joy then you might um, ah well but, there you go <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, again i'll throw this to greg because i have not seen the palm springs i haven't seen palm springs yet i i just oh, okay I, that never mind yeah, <laughs> and that and that and that's a that's the thing I'm worried about because now I'm going to go watch Palm Springs to see kind of because I I worry that because a lot of people did see Palm Springs and I worry that maybe a lot of stuff in Palm Springs may have already been you know the stuff in this may be passe because they hmm. already did it in Palm Springs or maybe not I have no idea because yeah I, I don't know Bruce it. have you seen did you love Palm Springs by the way Palm Springs is really good it's solid definitely a Overpraised? lot of fun. A little bit overpraised, maybe. Everyone's saying how brilliant. I mean, comedy is such a judgment call. Like, what comedy works and doesn't work for you. I think it's a pretty solid uh, rom-com, you know, Groundhog's Day movie. But depending on how you like the characters or not, that could that could throw you one way or the other. But um, it's a solid yeah. movie. It's good. Yeah, I, I, I'm definitely interested in watching Palm Springs, and then I'll watch that and go. Oh God, tiny perfect things ripped off everything. And it doesn't, it doesn't sound like it's it's I mean, it sounds like there's some obvious crossover because of the format, which is gonna yeah. be a, a thing no matter what. But it sounds like the tone is different. Cause Palm Springs is a little more of a sounds like a bigger, bolder kind of comedy style. Right. So from what I'm hearing, right. I'll have to find out, uh, but I'm not sure. But yeah, and, it, it, if I, I would just say, if you watch the map of tiny perfect things and the whole time you're like, this is just a rip off of Palm Springs and fuck you, Eric. And I hate you. Sorry. And very, very uh, last, before we get to your last recommendation, Eric, and before we get to your what's in the box, have you guys seen freaky as of yet? Freaky with Vince mm-hmm. Vaughn. No. Nope. Yes. Yes, <laughs> that oh, okay. that was the other one I saw this week. They completely forgot that I saw this. <laughs> okay, good, good, good job, Eric. They both start Catherine Newton. You could have done the whole the Catherine Newton thing. <laughs> I, I I forgot I saw it until you just mentioned it. But yeah, what, okay, like, okay, cool, cool. Okay, so yeah, uh, right. Quick recommend then. Re- recommend Freaky. You like? Eh? Yes, yes. Free, okay, freakies. Uh, do you like uh, the uh, Happy Death Day to you? Yeah, yeah. It's got that. It's got that same kind of vibe to it. Yeah, so I think same not, not same story. So. It's it's Freaky Friday with the serial killer, mm-hmm. but it's got the same kind of uh, same kind of uh, stink that Happy Death Day to you does. It's it's fun, kind of gross, but you know, not not too violent and 
not too silly. It's just, it rides that line pretty good. Cool. Now regarding, before we get to Bruce Perky's what's in the box segment, you're going to close out the recommendation segment, Eric Holmes with your final recommend this week. Oh, okay. Well, let me pull that up. And we got a, I saw a movie called the vigil. It says 2019. It came out. Well, they put out this thing on Twitter where you register and you get to watch the vigil. And then they did a Q&A. Uh, Mick Garris hosted a Q&A with the, uh, with the uh, director. Uh, let me pull up the director. Director's name is Keith Thomas. And this is written and directed by him. And they had the uh, producer and I believe one of the actors from it. And the Q&A was fun. I uh, found out that the director is going to be doing a remake of Firestarter mm. uh, next. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, so the vigil is uh, uh, Yakov Ronin and Reb Shulem. These are the characters' names. Um, they're, so Reb Shulem, Reb is uh, bringing Yakov to this house where uh, someone just died. And they need a someone to watch them over. They call him a shomer, I guess. And the shomer's hired to sit and watch the dead body overnight until they can do whatever they do with the body the next morning. And uh, so he gets there. And he's watching the dead body. And as you may or may not suspect, spooky things start happening. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say spooky things happen. <laughs> that, that's, that's pretty much the setup. And that's pretty much all you need to know going in. This is really Jewish centric. You may have noticed by Shomer's. Um, yeah. This is all usually religious movies tend to circulate around Christian or Catholicism. Uh, sometimes voodoo. Uh, this one's all all Jewish centered around Jewish religion. It's uh, real similar to. It, it, it's got uh, scenes that are real similar to Seder. Or um, uh, trying to think of another one, but Seder, I guess, is good. Where the stuff he's seeing, you can't tell if he's being attacked by demons or ghosts, or maybe he's um, imagining it, or maybe a little bit of both. This movie didn't really work for me, mm. but that said, there are a lot of people that are going to watch this, and this is going to be right up their alley. It, was it scary uh, enough? Didn't the uh, pacing wasn't eh? the the problem with this for me is I'm not afraid of ghost stories. I see ghost stories or anything religious, and I like movies like Seder's fun for me, or It Comes at Night are fun for me because I can kind of get in with that like religious kind of. Although I don't believe anything in religion is real, it kind of has real world. It, it kind of grounds the movie for me in okay. a way that I'm just not afraid of it. And so these kind of ghost stories don't really work for me, but I know there are a lot of people where they would watch the vigil and they would just be, you know, just locked in and jumping at every turn. And so this would be, this would, even though I don't like it, you know, I I, I didn't hate it, but even though I didn't love this movie, this is absolutely a movie. I think a lot of people will gravitate towards once it comes out and, uh, that said, I'm really interested to see what Keith Thomas does with Firestarter when that comes out, because uh, th- this was a very well-made movie. It's just the subject matter and everything, the ingredients involved in it wasn't for me. Was it more uh, creepy, creepy, spooky or jump scary or a combination? Like, what was the it, style of scary? They, they got a couple jump scares in there. I mean, if I had to say off the top of my head, maybe like five or six 
I don't know if that's a lot or a little, but it seems like average amount of jump scares. But yeah, there's definitely like the creepy stuff kind of happening where like, uh, you know, what, what was that noise? What was that? You know, yeah. oh, who's that? Oh, old ladies coming at me doing old creepy old lady things. Bumping and the then, night uh, kind of stuff. And and it just progressively gets worse as the night goes on. But yeah, the, the, this is a movie I think a lot of people should check out. And I think a lot of people will not feel the same way as me, which is the only reason I bring it up. Because this is a movie a lot of people are probably going to like a lot. Just not for me. Yes. Any ghosts out there who uh, I'm very desperate. I'm a single podcaster. If you want to do any creepy old lady things to me, you can reach me at editor at deepestdream.com or just email me at my new email address, hamsline at gmail.com. So that is the vigil. It is available in select theaters, digital and VOD, February 26th. This feels like a little bit atmospheric. Right, Eric. Yeah. A little, yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 all full of atmosphere. Okay, that sounds it, interesting. It, they they just take like shovels full of atmosphere and just jam it up. Now I'm I'm down with that. <laughs> I'm down with that. I I might actually go check out the vigil. That is our final recommendation for this podcast. But we are not done yet. We have to open up the box. What's in the box, Bruce Perky, for this week? What did you review first? What's in the box? Um, I reviewed Matt Stillman's recommendation. Matt Stillman does a lot of stuff on our Cinematics group page. Yeah, shout out to Matt Stillman. By the way, yeah. every sing- every single morning for our Cinematics Facebook group, he he uh, updates everybody. Our 492 members updates everybody with what he's seen and uh, via his letterbox. And usually his selections are fantastic. And, so, and uh, isn't there a podcast still out there? Or am I uh, incorrect on that? Oh, Matt! St- Does Matt Stillman have a podcast? No, I, I, I thought you and him did did one together. Or am, am I? Oh no, am no, I that's, a, that's another. That's an you know, very. I, thank you, Eric Holmes, for that plug. Matt, there's another. Greg there's, used to interview movie stars. <laughs> yes, yes, but now they're doing the podcast. But now we're not doing the podcast. Yeah, no, actually, that is Matt Levitz, who by by the way just messaged me today. Thank you so much for oh, that okay. plug. Right. He is actually a member of our Cinematics Facebook group. Okay. Different methods. Yes, Matt Levitz. He is a very in-demand editor around town. That's why we're not doing the podcast as of yet. But by the way, we have not completely canceled that podcast. But did you did you ever listen to that podcast, Bruce? Yeah, listen all absolutely. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Okay, very cool. But no, Matt Stillman. We're gonna me and Matt Stillman. We're gonna launch launch another podcast because I don't have. uh, I I I need one more (laughs) podcast. So sure, Matt Stillman, if you're available, we'll we'll he's he's local. We're gonna figure something out. But anyways, all kidding aside, what is Matt Stillman's choice this week? It is a profit or un profit, Mm. un profit. It's a French movie from 2009, directed by Jacques Audiard. We said he also did Rust and Bone, Deepan, Sisters, My Sisters brothers or whatever that movie is but this movie is excellent and it is one of those movies that if it weren't in a foreign language so people have to read subtitles it would probably be a lot more famous because it's very 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 good basic concept the main character is malik played by tahar rahim rahim Mm -hmm. he's basically starts out he's going into prison they say at the very beginning you're old enough that you are going to be in adult prison now so the implication is he's probably been in and out of, you know, juvenile facilities and it's in France as a young man. And you basically follow him on his first day into prison. It's kind of a time honored, you know, concept, 
but this is done very, very well. And the very first thing they say is, do you have any family? No. Do you have any friends? No. He has no family, friends, inside or outside the prison. You see him. He's kind of a cipher and you're with him. And he goes out into the yard the first day. Some guy approaches him and asks him, you know, who are you with? And he doesn't have anybody. They immediately jump him, beat him up, take his shoes. And you kind of very quickly understand like this guy is, has no alliances and he has no allies. And almost right out of the gate, Cesar, who is played by Niels Aristrup, he is basically the head of the gang that runs the yard. There's two basic factions in this prison. There are the Muslims and there are the Corsicans. And the Corsicans have the their money in the pockets of the guards. So the Corsicans are the true leaders of this yard. They approach Malik very early on and they say, hey, do you speak Arabic? Yes, I do. Because he speaks Arabic. I think they say he's Armenian or something. I forget who, uh, Algerian. He's Algerian. So he speaks Arabic. He speaks French. He has no alliances. So he's useful to them. They approach him on the first day. They say, don't look at me. I'm going to talk to you. Pretend like you're not looking at me. There's a Muslim gang guy that they want to kill coming temporarily through the prison. He says, you're going to get close to him. You're going to figure out how to kill him. You're going to kill him. If you don't kill him, we're going to kill you. This sounds like an awesome movie. And that's the setup. Wow. And that's the beginning of the relationship. And this is an epic crime drama. He's oh, and he's in there for six years. This essentially is the six-year epic with this character. You can compare it to The Godfather. You can compare it to a lot of these kind of epic crime stories. It's done in a very subtle, very, very grounded way. This is not an overly stylized movie. This is very gritty, like you're right in there with him. You feel like you're in this actual prison. It feels like an actual prison. I don't even want to re- really reveal like how the story progresses other than to say one thing they do that's very, very effective is you're essentially with Malik and Cesar is in it a lot too. You're with Malik like almost the whole time and you're never 100% sure of what he's up to and what his intentions are. The movie doesn't tell you everything. So you're allowed to discover things when other characters discover things that Malik is or isn't up to because he's not always playing for one side, which creates a very, very interesting and unique and multi-layered story. It's fantastic. This how did you see this, really Bruce? How did you, I'm sorry. How um, did... I rented it. Rented it on Amazon Prime. Oh, it's not um, available for streaming, huh? My goodness. That yep. sucks. But a profit. Wow. This sounds like I'm thinking of, Eric, I'm thinking about what's in the box. And I think this might is this your best one that you've reviewed? I probably the best one I've reviewed that I had had never seen or didn't know much about. Like I mean, there was a couple I did where I'd known them before, like The Lives of Others or something. But yeah. this movie is very good. It's not a short movie; it's over two hours as well. But it works for a movie like this. This is you know, like The Godfather. Or something you can't do The Godfather in ninety minutes. This has that kind of. It's not as grandiose or as operatic but it has an epic nature to it because of the the very rich path that this character goes on. It's really good. It's an A film for you. Yeah, this is very, very good. Okay, A Prophet, that is a huge recommendation. Thank you so much, Matt Stillman, for What's in the Box. Eric Holmes, are you going to provide the What's in the Box sound effects for Bruce? 
It seems that envy is my son. Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? <laughs> Very good. It always sir. works. <laughs> Love it every time. All right. Let's see who we got. Requisite drum roll. It's not a drum. Oh, I'm interested in this one. Okay. This was, I, I just watched a couple shorts for the first time by this director. So this is definitely going to be an interesting one. This was suggested by Jeff uh, Bassin. Bassin? Jeff Bassin. Okay. Member of our yep. Cinematics Facebook group. Um, yeah. It's directed by Guy Madden. And I just watched a couple of shorts by Guy Madden. And this is going to be very interesting. It's a movie called My Winnipeg from 2007. Because I think our, one of our buddies, Joseph Bridges, was mentioning Guy Madden, I think, recently. Yeah, and, and I watched a couple of the... shorts. From... What, what, what was the short that we saw? The, the, the... Slap Happy, Slap Slap Happy, yeah. whatever it's called. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> guy is very, if this director, if this movie is anything like his shorts, uh, it's going to be very unusual and very experimental. And um, this could be, this could be a wild ride. So I'm looking forward to this one. Okay, listeners. So if you want to actually contact Bruce Perky, contact him, Perky at gmail.com to suggest movies to put in the box. You get one per email or one per request. And mm-hmm. you can also check him out. You can also reach him on his YouTube channel, Rusto Meyer. And that link is in our episode show notes. That is it. That was a big meaty Moby Dick of an episode for us. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Moby Dick and meat. I don't know. And we just came off of a review of a prophet. I don't know where my my brain is heading right now. Any final thoughts, Eric Holmes? Save me. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. The, well, uh, Greg's going to have to help me out here, but uh, we'll we'll go ahead and pick the two winners. The two winners for the entertainment next week. Yes, next week. Yeah. Uh, well, because next week we're also do- we're doing the regular show and we're doing the. The director spotlight or is that yes. the weekend? Yes, yes. We're doing the director spotlight next week and then also the next show next week as well. We're going to split those okay. up on separate days. But yes, so, listeners, if uh, you want. Oh, yes, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say on the next actual show show. Show show, the, yeah. The next show show will give the uh, we'll give away the entertainment gift certificates and Greg will tell you how you win those. Yeah, very quickly. If you rate and review us on Apple podcasts you get an automatic entry if you've already rated us and reviewed us on apple podcasts your review counts as well i'm gonna that's it that's it just rate and review us on apple podcasts or any other podcatcher if you find us on stitcher or or if you comment on anything that that deals with rating or reviewing our podcast you are in like flynn okay and then contact you know what contact i'm thinking what email should we use should yeah just contact eric holmes at hamslime at gmail.com because you know what? You guys don't like talking to me. Eric Holmes is much more likable. Email Eric Holmes. Say, hey, Eric, I, I subscribe. I, I, I rated and reviewed your podcast. Here's my entry. Hamslime at gmail.com. And I cannot wait to hear yours in Matt Silman's podcast, Matt and Greg interview because <laughs> I'm a complete dumbass. Sorry about that, but uh, yeah. No, it's called. It, it could still, be, uh, sounds like a name great, dropping. Great, name dropping with Matt and Matt and Greg. <laughs> yeah, it's called Greg Srisavasti name drops and Matt Stillman puts him in jail like un prophet for the rest of his life. So that's going to be the podcast. It's going to be a gritty crime thriller for cinephiles. All right, that's it. Upcoming in next week, we're going to do a director spotlight on Ronald Neem for the Poseidon Adventure and hopscotch and we're also we're gonna have oh i think our featured review will be a review we've been banking on for the last couple weeks we have a shutter movie 
Wait, no shutter, no shutter love this episode. What was that about? We're gonna be in luck. We're gonna review a movie starring Brea Grant called Luck. All three of us have the screener link. I don't think I, any of us have seen the movie as of yet. Okay, cool. So that that's luck next week, folks. And yes, we will announce the two winners of the Entertain Mart gift giveaway. $20 gift certificate, not gift certificate, gift certificate, gift card, email hamslime at gmail.com. One of these days, Eric Holmes, you know what? If you actually one day decide to watch The Father, send me an invoice of the rental. I will pay. I pay my debts. Okay, so that is also, it. Also, if anyone's listening, if you uh, do have the email hamslime at gmail.com, if you just forward me those emails, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> yes when i said when i it's so funny when i said i pay my debts i looked at bruce porky and they just looked at me with a quizzical and discouraging look i don't do i pay my debts <laughs> oh no do, no no comment for bruce porky bruce you're gonna take us out this time what do you want to say anything else i'm just so glad that you all made it to the tip of this big meaty moby dick of an episode <laughs> see you guys next week <laughs>